Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his good and his mercy endures forever. Uh, good morning. I think it's still morning. Good morning, everybody. First, I want to uh, express my appreciation for being invited by Dr. Poland. Uh, he came to St. Stephen's and uh, spoke uh, on one of the last seven words for us, seven words from the cross. And uh, as he, I invited him because I liked him. But I did not know uh, whether he would embarrass me or not. <laughs> In fact, they talked more about how great a job he did than anybody else who was there. And so we're pleased. So I pray that I don't embarrass Dr. Poland. Okay. <clears throat> I began to be a little worried when I saw the meditation scripture that you had. Because I was given an assignment today. Uh, it wasn't that I could just pick anything from anywhere to preach on. And uh, Dr. Poland gave me uh, one of my favorite scriptures, which made me happy. But it gave me the hardest verses in that scripture. And so, but God is good. And the scripture has one half that's a little difficult. The other half is easy. So, being wise, I'm leaning more to the easier half than the more difficult half. And uh, I uh, have enjoyed being here so far. I like the relaxed atmosphere. I like uh, this, this. This is nice. You, got, you have my folks here saying that now when we go back, we need a little rum. We can sit back and drink coffee. And then they bring my coffee and everything into the congregation. And I wish I had known that because I just threw my coffee away. I didn't know I could bring it in. But... Uh, and thank God, I was a little worried when I first got here because I, I couldn't see the little step up on the podium. And I said, good grief, can you see me back here preaching to you? you know? <laughs> uh, J- Jason here said that uh, uh, it was built more for me. You know, I spent a long time when I went to St. Stephen's 20-something years ago uh, trying to find a pulpit that worked for me. They had this beautiful pulpit set, and I felt like, uh, you know, that, that little cartoon, thank God it's Friday, you know. Uh, and so the, but thank God that this is one that works. I'd like for you to, there's a word, and I'd like for you if you would look at Romans 8, chapter 20 through 25th verse, I think I was assigned 22nd through the 25th verse. But uh, if we could look at uh, that, and I'm going to read it from the New King James Version of the Bible, but also I'm going to read it from what I call the, the, the rap version, which is the message. Uh, every time I read the message, it seems like I want to go. It's not my favorite, but sometimes uh, Peterson does a good job of uh, saying things in a very everyday fashion that you can understand it uh, much better, and uh, especially when you get to some of the more uh, awkward scripture. But I, I want to read uh, Romans 8, 20 to, uh, 24 and 25. If you uh, have it, even if you don't have this particular version, it would be great if you would read 24 and 25 with me Okay, in the first reading. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pains together until now. 
Not only that, but we also who have the first fruit of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Read the 25th with me if you have it. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. And uh, Dr. Poland asked me to give a, t- a topic uh, a few days ago, and I usually get my topic about five minutes before I preach. I have a theme, but not a topic, because the topic is usually that little catchy thing that I use that people will remember. But the theme is the message. Everybody understand what I'm saying? So, you know, we say amen sometimes in our church. So I'm trying to hold back on it, so get with me if I say it. So the theme, I have hope, the divine catalyst. And I noticed that you had this wonderful teaching, and some of the people from the congregation had some wonderful answers when they were asked to respond to what they thought the scripture had in reference to the, uh, the, the, the uh, Psalms 33, and I, I was worried for a moment. I said, there goes my message. But thank God, uh, uh, not too many of you volunteered and you didn't talk too long, so I, I have a chance here. Okay? Okay. But uh, let, let me uh, read uh, the message version, and then we will see what uh, God has given me. Okay? Uh, I want to start from uh, the 22nd verse. All around us, we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pains. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling, feeling the birth pains. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting we, of course, don't see what is enlarging us. But the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. And when you think of hope, as most of us have used the word hope, it's more of, I hope so. It's more of a, a, a thought process to say, I want this to happen. But biblical hope, as some of you mentioned earlier, is not a thought that I hope this will happen. It is a belief that it will happen. And as we look at uh, Holman's uh, Bible Dictionary, he defines hope as truthful, trustful expectation. Trustful expectation, particularly with reference to the fulfillment of God's promise. Biblical hope is anticipation of a favorable outcome under God's guidance. More specifically, hope is the confidence that what God has done for us in the past guarantees our participation in what God will do for us in the future. This contrasts to what the world looks at hope as a feeling, a feeling that what is wanted will happen. Already we see the significant difference in the concept of hope. Uh, Many of us who are not thinking in terms of the biblical hope 
have a feeling, I hope that this will happen. I hope that she will do that. I hope that my children will act right. I hope that I get this house. I hope that I get this car. But it's always the case, I, I, I desire a feeling. But when in terms of biblical, it's, it's actually saying, I will get this car. I will get this house. My children will act right because it's an act of faith that doesn't depend on you. If it depends on you, you better keep hoping the old, uh, uh, a secular hope as opposed to the biblical hope, okay? You have words for hope in the New Old Testament um, that are most often used, and these words connote a certain thing. And it also helps us to understand what God means in the Bible when he says hope. You know, for hope, the word uh, tigwa, it means to look for something with eager anticipation. Not I think it's going to happen, but eager anticipation. Batash means to rely on something reliable. And yakal means to trust. Now, the, the, the New Testament also emphasizes in the Greek trust with the word epizon, uh, uh, okay? And so we find that it's not a thing of maybe, it's a thing of yes, it will be. This is significant in our faith because too often our faith is not being exercised to its greatest potential because we are not paying much attention to the words we say and we're not really feeling. I appreciate it when the young lady uh, mentioned to you to sort of feel what, what are you getting out of the scripture here? And because once we begin to see and believe what the word is telling us, it makes a significant difference in how we handle life. Yeah. Amen. I got to say amen, amen, amen okay? Amen. So, so biblical hope is confident expectation or assurance, okay? And it's based on a sure foundation for which we wait with joy and full confidence. So when you say, I'm, I'm hoping for something, hope is the what? The evidence of things. The, the substance, the substance of things are not seen. The evidence of what now? Things that are hopeful. Yeah, you understand what I'm trying to say? Now, so what it is that we don't see it because Paul, because our scripture just told us if you see it, it's not hope. Right? So we as Christians have to learn how to develop our sense of hope, okay? Now, uh, one version puts it now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Sure of what we hope for. You know what that does to your whole spirit, your whole dreams, your whole aspirations? It lets, it, if you have that attitude, the world and defeat cannot defeat you. Failure cannot defeat you. Uh, 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 delays will not defeat you. Okay? Romans uh, 4.16 tells us about uh, Abraham. You know, Abraham was an old dude, you know. 90 years old, he was told he was going to have a baby. In fact, his wife did the right thing. She laughed at him. <laughs> he ain't been doing that for a long time. He's going to have a baby, you know. So, so, <laughs> so, and, 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 but Abraham, at that time, his faith, and of course, Abraham's faith was growing all along because as God, when he made the first move that God asked him to do, you know, God said, I want you to leave your home and go somewhere. Then I'm not going to tell you where you're going. How many of you would do that? You know, God just said, go, I'm not going to tell you. I'll tell you when you get there, all right? Well, that, that, that's, that's a rough thing. But anyway, uh, and so he, his faith grew, you know. But here we say that the scripture in Romans, Paul tells us that verse 18, Romans 4, 18, who contrary to hope, in hope, 
believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, contrary to hope, contrary to anything that made sense, but because he believed in God, he believed that it would happen. Now, he wasn't patient enough to let God make it happen the way it was supposed to happen. That's how come his wife said, go check this other woman out. I mean, I can see some woman doing that today. Amen. And, and so, but not being, the scripture said, Paul says in Romans, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Y'all know what that means, brothers. They didn't have testosterone and all that stuff then. Since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, the, the facts were clear that you can't have a baby. You ain't got nothing. She ain't got nothing. Okay? I'll put it properly. You don't have anything. She doesn't have anything. Okay? Okay? It says, but even so, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. What God promised you, when you come to church and you read the scripture, we who believe have got to actually act like we believe. Amen. We have to believe if it's the promise of God that he's able to perform. God gets a bad rap because we think that he's failed us, but we have failed ourselves because we only believe in our mouth, but not in our hearts. We had an academic belief. You cannot have an academic belief because faith is not logical. Faith is something that goes beyond logic, and that is why you're able to move mountains with just the faith of a grain of mustard seed. Okay, now let me go on. I got just a few more minutes. Psalm 33. Behold, the eyes of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in mercy. I, I, I want to read something to you that tells you about when you try to do something. 1 Corinthians 9, uh, chapter 10, verse says, Or does he say it all together for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, that is written, that he who plows should plow in hope. Now, I don't know if there are any farmers out here, but plow means, you know, cut the ground. Right? Uh, and he who treasures in hope should be partakers of his hope. Meaning to say, if you're going to do something, you need to do it believing that it's going to succeed. And your belief is not in yourself, but your belief in the God that you worship. And you say from time to time, my God can do all things, or I can do all things to through Christ who strengthens me. I'm sure some of you have said that, okay? But let me give you a few things that, that hope, this, this, this um, catalyst, you know what a catalyst is. Most of you use uh, epoxy glues. You know, one is the glue, one is the thing that makes the glue act. Okay, that's the catalyst. You put that other stuff, it won't be glue until you put the, the, the chemical mixed in the basic glue before it works. So in our lives, that concept of hope is what causes us to bring to fulfillment the promise of God. 
Not the comments of maybe so, but the promise of yes, it will be so, because I believe that God will do it. It changes your whole outlook and your whole attitude. For instance, you can fail a thousand times, but you still have that hope, and that hope keeps you going until you have victory. But in the meantime, you have joy because you feel that you're going to be a winner anyway. See, people who have God's hope never feel like losers. Because even though I haven't won, it's just that my time hasn't come yet for me to win. But I'm a winner. Anybody with me there? Okay. Now, it says, uh, Psalm 30, uh, 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 a few points I want to bring up. Job tells us that negativity and hope are not compatible. Now, Job ought to know what he's talking about, right? <laughs> you know, I, I used to didn't like Job. I really didn't. I was, in, I was a preacher for a long time. I didn't like Job because in the early days, all they taught me was, was that Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. I said, come on, Job, man, you're crazy. You lost your family. Your health is bad. Your friends are making fun of you, telling you you're going, you've sinned and everything. And you said, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I read the whole book. And once I read the whole book, when I saw Job complaining to God about, look, man, you won't even let me sleep. Why did you even make me born and give me birth? And I said, now, Job, I like you because you're real. You know, you, 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 you're not faking it like somebody. Because the truth about it, when you're hurt, you're hurt. And you get angry, you're angry. How many of y'all been angry with God? Huh? Anybody been angry with God? Don't be so cute now because I'm telling you, if you haven't been angry with God, then you don't know that God is your friend. You see, it, unless you've been blessed and got everything you want, everybody got everything you want out of you. Have you ever prayed a long time and nothing happened? And then the exact opposite thing happened? You said, God, what happened? I've been tired and I've been praying and I've been going to church and all this stuff and nothing happened. Yeah, you have a right. Because if he's my friend, if I, then I ought to be able to tell him how I feel. Then I may be too deep for something. Okay, let's go. Okay. <laughs> Job, in Job 17, 12, we read these words. They change the night into day. The light is near. Near. They say in the face of darkness, if I wait for the grave as my house, listen to this negativism. If I wait for the grave as my house, if I make my bed in the darkness, if I say no to corruption, you are my father. And to the worm, you are my mother, my sister. You hear that negativism? Where then is my hope? As for my hope, who can see it? Will they go down to the gates of hell? Shall we have rest together in the dust? Meaning to say that if you have hope, you have to erase negativism. It is or it's not. It's not hope so it is that I believe that it is going to be. So I'm not going to say, well, this is not going to happen. This is going to and, and And many of us uh, even could be made healthier if we stop claiming our sicknesses. You get a little cold. Well, gee, I'm going to get pneumonia. If we, if we, if, if we did deny and believe that God has influence in our lives, when those little things begin to happen and negative things happen in our lives, we have to hope that God has our lives and therefore we take a positive approach. Negativism and hope don't work. Amen? And then Jeremiah, one thing I heard them or people say about Jeremiah 29, 11, it says a future and a hope. Uh, how God puts those together, he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, 
thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, you see how the word hope seems to have changed all of a sudden? I, 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 I give you, I give you a, 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 a great life. I give you a positive life. I give you an attitude is what it gives you that can lead you to success and your peace because when you, when you believe that it can work, no matter how much hell you're going through, I guess you say that word here because you know, hell is what the devil is. So, okay. Then also, hope makes us rejoice. Romans 5, 1, 5, 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, that's good, isn't it? Suppose we were justified by our behavior. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, be a mess out here, wouldn't it? Mm. But we're justified, justified by faith. You know, some people just say, oh, you go to church, you ain't nobody hypocrite. You're, you're a hypocrite. You go to church. You know, I say, no, you're the hypocrite. I got enough sense to know that I need him. What's your problem? Okay. okay. It says, uh, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace of God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You understand? Through whom we have access by faith in this grace. This grace that puts our, wipes out our past, gives us a brand new, we're new creations, our creatures, some translations say, in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice. You know, it's raining, but I'm rejoicing. You know, the husband is not acting right, but I'm rejoicing because I'm believing that God will fix him. And if you think the frown and crying all day would change him, then you got the wrong idea. But it makes you negative. And if you're negative, you're not going to create anything positive. But I rejoice in the hope that God is going to fix my situation. I'm not just an optimist. I'm saying that your mind makes a big difference. Your, 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 how you approach it can change things. If I believe that man is going to act right, then I'm going to act in a way that puts a foundation, uh, an atmosphere for him that grain. If I don't believe it, then I'm going to get so negative that even if he or uh, she can be a she too, wanting to act right, every time they get the mood to act right, you're going to say something to turn them off. Think about that. Just, I'm going to finish. Hope gives us the power to glory in tribulation. You ever think about that? The power to go to tribulation. I, I'm so amazed when I have folks in my congregation with certain amount of cancer, uh, having to take dialysis and, and other issues that, you know, most of us would frown upon. And I'm so excited as I see their faith and their power. And then I'm looking at these healthy folks walking around like they're half dead and so forth, you know, with a, a dead mentally, no joy. And these people going through all of the changes and, 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 and they'll smile at you. Good morning. Praise God. And, 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 and us normal people without any ailments look at them and say, gee, what's wrong with her? But then the truth about it is that person is able to, as the scripture says, uh, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces what? Perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. And, 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 and as I read it in other scriptures, I said, I want to flip it around. Because I have hope, I'm able to persevere. Amen. Which gives me character, which gives me more hope. 
Amen. And the two keep flipping around, but it gives me the power to move on and move on. And finally, my brothers and sisters, we find that the scripture says, now hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. You have to hope and believe that God will deliver. It will not disappoint. Look, listen to the scripture. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For we were still without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Because Christ loved us so much. God loved us so much that he gave his son, Jesus Christ, that we may have life. And he doesn't mean wait for heaven. See, I consider heaven to be a bonus. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, heaven is a bonus. Anybody who's just waiting for heaven, yeah, you go ahead and wait for heaven, okay? I'm looking forward to heaven. I'm looking forward to eternal life, but I don't want to wait until I'm dead to have a little bit of heaven. <laughs> Amen. And God said, we are promised an abundant life. Even Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives and he shall live in, 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 in while I'm alive, he said. So remember, hope is the divine catalyst of finishing. There may be someone here today who has not accepted Christ as your Savior. And, and everything I said has no value unless you have Jesus Christ who links you up with God. Because what happens without Christ, you're in, you're dependent on yourself. Now, I don't know about you, but I know myself is not the most person. Is that the best person to depend on? Anybody know what I'm talking about? But Jesus, put him in your life. Plant that seed of faith in your life. And then you'll find that the power of conviction will be yours. So if you here today came in visiting with somebody and have not accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you see, he's not just saving you for eternal life. That's wonderful. But he's saving you also for an abundant life here on this earth. We invite you as they sing this. We want to thank God for the wonderful musicians you have. And we invite you to come forth. I don't know how you usually do it, but uh, we do it every Sunday because you'd be surprised. Somebody's out there who wants to have this hope. And there's no reason to put it off. Today is your day. And we invite you to come forth and give your hand to Dr. Paulin and your heart to God.